Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. I'm going to start Joel out right there. Well, welcome again to Real Life. And uh, Joel almost got by slammed. That was cool. Come back next week. We'll see what happens, brother. Come back to the stage. Bring it on. Oh, man. We're excited for what God's going to do this morning. And I can't believe it's almost been a year. But, man, I'm so excited to celebrate all that God's doing here in a couple weeks. I encourage you, man. Start bringing some people out, inviting them. It's going to be an awesome time to celebrate all that God has done. And I am pumped. We have 12 people. Well, actually, take that back. 13 people that have already said, hey, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to get baptized that day right here in this room. So that's super exciting. Super encouraging. And so if you need to get baptized, maybe you know somebody, maybe some of your family or whatever, uh, I encourage you just to just let us know. We'd love to uh, just take them on that journey in the next step. But man, it's so exciting just to see people take that next step. Say, hey, I'm alive in Jesus. I was dead in sin, but now I'm alive to God. So we're, we're super pumped for that. We got fall life groups coming up. And I got some good news today. You might not know this, but today the fall life groups are live online right now. You can check it out and get your little information going. I give you permission to get on your phone right now and uh, just avoid me completely and find a life group, all right? I give you, amen, right? You're like, yes, yes, I'm gonna get in trouble this week, all right? So uh, check it out. We, we have an amazing group. This is our largest group of life groups yet. We have 15 total life groups, two in youth, and 13 adult life groups. Literally, there's a life group every single day, so there's something for everybody. And I encourage you, man, life is better together, amen? And uh, this is one of the best parts of our church. And so you just come here on Sundays and attend or whatever. You're just really missing out on all all that God wants to do in and through your life, man. Get plugged in this semester. So next week, uh, we're going to do a thing called group link. So right after the gathering in the hub, where it's a little cooler, okay, uh, you're going to get to hang. You know, I wore long sleeves today. What's up with that, you know? Like the one day I wear long sleeves, I'm like, I'm I'm already sweating through this shirt. So if I I told Barry I should wear my Speedo, but... That would have been kind of bad, so we're not going to do that. Nobody came back next week. I don't know what happened. Anyway, so in the hub next week, we have a life group link. You can get plugged in, a chance to meet the life group leaders. You get signed up, and so kind of put a personality with the face. And so I encourage you to do that. It's going to be a great time together making it happen. So don't miss out on what, one of the best parts of our church. So today's our third part of our series, I Believe in You. And so if you've missed the last couple weeks or maybe just one of the two, I encourage you to go back and listen to them or watch them online. I mean, last week was such a powerful week just celebrating our youth and our kids and all that God has done with such powerful stories from some of our teenagers and what God has done. So, man, I just encourage you to go back and look and say, see what God's done. Celebrate with us and be a part of the journey I believe in you. This last few weeks has been really encouraging for me. As we did this series, some of you guys have came to me and said, hey, you know what? I believe that God's calling me to find a Paul. Like, I believe God wants somebody in my life to invest in me. That's a commitment I've made. And it's been so encouraging to talk to you guys behind the scenes. Some of you told me, I just need to grow closer to God. Hey, my marriage isn't going so hot. I, I need to get, get closer to God in this area. I've had so many different people come to me and say, I need a Paul in my life. I kind of feel like a spiritual orphan. And other side of the coin is I have some people that say, hey, look, I want to be a Paul. Like some of you guys raised your hands, right, during the invitation and said, hey, God's called me to be a spiritual leader, a spiritual impactor of the next generation. And so today is kind of like a fork in the road moment. We're kind of at a crossroads because there's a little action step we're going to really encourage you to take today. We encourage you to find some of these people in your life. And so many times in our spiritual journey, we can come to the point where we know God is calling us to a direction, but then to take the actual step to say, hey, look, I'm going to go, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this happen. It's amazing how the world will take us down, like make us busy. We'll put off the things, the spiritual things in our life. Amen. 
There's so many times where the world will say, hey, uh, what about this, this, and this, and your truck gets stolen. And, and then it came back, but they didn't take anything and burn it to the ground. So it's like, oh, man, I was trying to get some insurance. No, I was kidding. Um, that wasn't really what happened, but maybe I did think that for a little bit. So, um, but nothing was stolen, so it was kind of crazy anyway. It's actually a block away from my house. Can you believe that or not? Like, they stole it. They must have had to move a couch or something, you know? It's like, I need to move a couch, so I'm going to steal your truck. And, but, you know, what do you do, man? you got to love it. So it worked out. But we're at a crossroads today. We can take some action. We can say, hey, look, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be all in. And I'm going to encourage you, and this is why I'm encouraging you so much in this point, is that for years and years of my Christian life, I didn't have a spiritual father. There's years, there's a decade of my Christian life where I didn't have somebody in that role. And I missed out the opportunity. I didn't see the value. I didn't see the importance of having somebody in that role in my life. Not only that role, but the role of a Timothy. Somebody you're pouring back into. And so I would encourage you as a church that you would step up and say, hey, you know what? I want to be a Paul to somebody. I want to be a spiritual leader to somebody. I want to, I want to find somebody like that in my life that can pour into me. And today we're going to get real practical and talk about how to do all that stuff. But I want to encourage you to because I didn't do that. I missed out. So don't be like me, right? Like, don't do that journey. Like, I missed out on so many blessings that God had for me. And so my fear for our church is that we can have, like, a spiritual group here. But then in the future, if we don't commit to find these in our life and to pour in the next generation, in the years to come, maybe in the five years, next generation, whatever, that there's going to be spiritual orphans in the house. There's going to be people that just show up to church but don't really know Jesus. There's going to be people that, that lead but don't invite people to follow them as they lead. And so I want to encourage you to pour into the next generation because this is a real deal. This is what happened in the Old Testament. There's a man named Moses. Moses had a big vision. had a call on his life to go into the promised land. As you know, he didn't make it to the promised land, but he did something really well. He invested into the next generation. He poured into those behind him. And he created a leader that he poured into named Joshua. And so when the transition happened between Joshua and Moses, man, it was a seamless transition. It was just passing the torch. And as Moses died, Joshua became the leader of the Israelites. And Joshua led the group into the promised land. He brought them to the place that Moses couldn't, but he did something wrong. There was something in his life that was a, was a shortfall. He didn't pass on the spiritual impact of Jesus and got into the next generation. He didn't show them what it's like to follow God. And so there's a generation that grew up and didn't know who God was. And it says, or Judges 2.10, it says, after the whole generation had been gathered to their fathers. So here is, here is Joshua's generation has passed away. Another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. There's a generation in the church today, guys, that doesn't know God. There's a generation in the world around us that doesn't know God. And the reason is because their fathers didn't pass it on. There wasn't a spiritual dad, a spiritual mom, a spiritual leader to say, hey, this is what God's all about. So this generation grew up, they didn't know all the power of what God had did, that he brought them to the promised land. He didn't know the works of God. He didn't, they didn't understand God. And that would be our biggest fear in this church that as, we, as we grow and expand into the next generation, that we'd have a generation behind us that are orphaned. Man, I don't want to be a spiritual orphan, amen? Like, I don't want to see orphans in the house. I want to see people have some of their life that's pouring into them, that they know the power of God, that they know that God's going to use them, that they have a purpose and a meaning and a passion, and that what you're in today may be the valley, but God's going to bring you to the mountaintop. He's preparing you right now for something great. Somebody's just speaking to somebody's life. Somebody's have some encouragement. Somebody needs some strength. Somebody needs somebody that's got their back and loves them more than just as a brother or sister, but loves them as a father or a mother. And so we're passionate about this. We believe everybody needs a Paul. Everybody needs somebody that believes in them, Amen. Everybody needs somebody that's saying, hey, I believe in you. I believe in you. Say that to your neighbor. I believe in you. I believe in you. They don't believe a lot. I can't hear anybody hardly, but you, I, be, I believe in you, buddy. <laughs> it's a secret belief. I like that. Nice work. I believe that you will make it through Lake Retreat and not die. <laughs> I love you, Todd. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But anyway, long story there. But, man, everybody needs, everybody needs a Paul in life. Everybody needs a Timothy. Everybody needs somebody to pour out into. Everybody needs to say to somebody, I believe in you. 
That means to turn around and say, I believe in you. They have somebody to pour back into. And for you guys, we need to, have to be a spiritual family. Like, we need to get connected. And so many times we don't understand, like, what it really means to be a spiritual family. And in 2009, me and my wife, we had this opportunity in front of us to take in foster kids. And you guys probably know the story. But I was 24 years old. Okay, these kids are literally seven and a half years younger than me and nine years. There's two kids. So I'm like basically eight years right there, okay? And so we're taking these kids in. The, the motivation to take these foster kids in wasn't because we want to be parents, amen? Like, sign me up for kids. I'm 24. Like, what do I know about this? Like, we kind of came in this relationship like, a, like an older brother or sister, maybe like a cousin or like a, a young aunt or uncle, right? Like, we wanted to help them out spiritually. We knew God had something in their life that they didn't see themselves. We believed in them. We knew that God had put them there on purpose, and there was something that they'd been through that was tough, but God was going to use that tragedy to turn into a story of his grace and his work, and we're going to believe in that generation. So we took them in. We had no idea the impact. Like, we never thought ourselves as a parent to these kids. You know, we're like barely kids. We're kids ourselves, right? And so we didn't even think of ourselves at that at any level. But I was so humbled and so honored the day that one of our, our youngest foster daughter came to me and said, hey, what would you think of me being adopted into your family? All right, so now I'm going to be a dad. Okay, that's, we just upped the ante. I was like the, the cool older brother, and now I'm that old guy. That's really cool, you know? And so, you know, we're thinking, I mean, but honestly, though, it's completely humbled to think that somebody would ever think of you as a dad. Like, that is so powerful to me. And so, of course, we're like, oh, yeah, we're going to take you in. We love you. Of course, we'll do that. And so over time, this, this relationship developed, and we had no idea the impact it would, it would be just by being in, in, in the proximity, just being available, just saying, I believe in you. Just having the courage to speak into the next generation. We had no idea. Like, I never thought in a million years that would have been a, a, a parent of a, of a graduate from high school and then in college and then married by the time I was 30 years old. Okay? Like, I was 30 going on 50, you know what I'm saying? I was, I was ready to be an empty nester. I was a, 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 a minority in a sorority, you know? And so they moved out. I was like, sweet. And then we have more kids. It's getting a little crazy right now. But you pray for a house. But it's awesome. I just want to encourage you, there's power when you believe in people. There's just something powerful about that, that you can be a spiritual father. You don't take the place of their actual father or mom, but you can supplement that, and you can encourage them in the things of God through the church. It says in 1 Corinthians 4, 15 through 17, it says this, even though you have 10,000 guardians in Christ. What's that mean, a guardian? This, this idea was a servant. You have people in your life that play a role. They're involved in you. They, they take you to, to school. They're your instructors. They're your teachers. They're your mentors. You have 10,000 people around you guys that are in a role in your life. But he says this, this is Paul talking to the church. He says, you do not have many fathers. You don't have many fathers. You don't have a lot of people in your life that say, I believe in you. Like I'm called to you. Like you're gonna be my son. But there's not a lot of people like that in your life. And so you gotta do something different. He says, even though you have 10,000 guardians of Christ, you don't have many fathers. For Christ Jesus, I became your father in the gospel. I led you to Christ. I showed you things of Christ. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. There's something powerful when you speak to a son and say, hey, follow me as I follow Christ. Like, imitate what I'm doing. Just, just follow me. He says this, for this reason I'm sending you Timothy, my son, whom I love. Now, was Timothy really his son? No. Timothy was his son in the faith. Like, it was his actual son. He goes, I raised this guy up. I showed him the ropes. I, I gave him the, the, the peace of God. I showed him the direction he should go. I've, I've trained him. I love him. And he is faithful in the Lord. You know, we're a spiritual body, like the body of Christ. Man, I'd hate for people to come to church and think this is church and then leave and do what they do for like the next six days, right? And then just come back and then we, we, we gather and then that's it. 
Like we need to have relationships. And that's what's so important about life groups. It's so important to have people in your life because you're better together. There's people pouring into you. There's a Paul that's a spiritual father to a Timothy, but there's Timothy who's a spiritual son to a father. You need to have both relationships. You know, in church culture, you don't use these terms very often. It's kind of weird, right? Like, wait, what's up, dad? Like, what? Like, is everybody related in your church, you know? I mean, I grew up, went to church, and it was like, hey, what's up, brother? Bro- brother Holcomb, Sister Mary, I don't know if you guys been in church for a while. And you're thinking, man, these guys all related? Like, what's going on, you know? But really, I learned that it's like code term for like, I don't really know your name, you know? Like, what's up, brother? <laughs> brother, brother, yeah, I got you, brother. I mean, that's just kind of what it turned into. But you know, it's funny, like, there's some cultures that it's, it's so important to have sp- fathers in the house. And I didn't grow up in a, in a church setting quite like that. But the, when we went through the ARC, we launched this church through the ARC. It's an association-related churches. And for the first time, I saw what it was like for somebody to hand the torch to the next generation well. For the very first time, I saw somebody like, hey, I'm going to be your dad. As a matter of fact, I believe in you so much, I'm going to hand you this. I'm going to trust you with it. And as a, to be a pastor, to launch a church through the ark, they said, hey, look, man, we're not going to launch you until you have three spiritual fathers. I'm like, three? Man, I don't have any, you know. Dad? Dad, where's the dad? Like, what are we going to do? Like, would you be my spiritual father? I mean, how's that work? You know, it's like such a step, right? And so I started thinking, man, I've got to get people in my life. Like, why is this so important? And I've realized through this process how important it really is. And so I started stalking people. That's what happened. I mean, don't do my story, but I started going to the pastors in town. I was like, I started showing up to their prayer meetings and getting access, but not authority. I was just that weird guy. Like, who are you again? I'm like, oh, yeah. You know? Like, I was doing that thing. And over time, they're like, dude, man, I, man, we're going to get connected. And so, you know, we set up meetings. I said, hey, can I take 30 minutes of your time? Just take 30 minutes. I got some questions. I just want to share my heart, and I want to hear from you how you did this. And man, we start getting connected. I didn't ask him to be my spiritual dad. That's a weird question. Don't ask anybody to do that, okay? But I just asked him. Just, I just have some things in my heart I want to share with you. Just 30 minutes of your time, but I have a couple questions. Now, through that relationship, we begin to develop, and we picked up, I picked up three spiritual dads, three spiritual dads that, that believe in me. They believe in me a lot. They, we meet every single month. Then I'm going to talk about some of these guys later today, so I'm not going to go on a rabbit trail here. But I'm just telling you, it was so important to have spiritual followers in my life. I needed a Paul. Every pastor needs a pastor. If I need a pastor, right? Like, I need people keeping me in the straight and there. I need people encouraging me, people speaking to my life. I need people to develop me personally, develop me as a leader. And these people are my dads. They believe in me, and they trust in me. And so you say, well, ladies, like, what about me? Fear not, ladies. Fear not. There's a verse for you. We'll give you a verse. All right, Titus 2, 3 through 5. Says this, likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live. They, then they can train the young women to love their husbands and children, be self controlled and pure, to busy at home, to be kind, to be subject to husbands, so no one will lie in the word of God. You know, as an older lady, as a woman, you can, you can pour into the next generation. You can have a daughter in the faith. And as a daughter, you can have a mom in the faith. And I'm going to tell you, it's so important to do this. You know, for years and years and years, nobody would actually probably know that this was a struggle in our family. Then my wife, you know, like, she had all this stuff going on, all these foster kids. She has me to deal with. That's a whole thing, right? And so she's dealing with all this stuff, but there's no one really pouring into her outside of that. And so she's looking for a spiritual mom. Matter of fact, she looked really hard for spiritual moms in a lot of places, and there wasn't a lot of people that would say yes to doing it. It just wasn't happening. It was really sad to kind of watch because she was willing to learn from about anybody. But it wasn't really happening. And she was seeking it out, and she's just really struggling. And, you know, through this process launched this church, she has found spiritual moms. But it shouldn't take launching a church to find a spiritual mom, amen? It shouldn't take launching a church to do that. All of a sudden, people start believing you because you're doing something. we got to start believing people before they start doing something, you know? And so she'd been looking at that for, for a long time. So I encourage you, it's so important to have somebody pour into your life. Everybody needs a Paul, and everybody needs a Timothy. So I'm going to get real practical the rest of this message. But how do we do this? Like, how do we live it out? Like, how do we live as a Timothy? Like, what's a Timothy look like? 
And then what's a Paul look like? So I'm going to break it into two different points. So, this, so look at Timothy's life. Look, what makes a good Timothy? What makes a Tim, like somebody looking for a spiritual father? Like what's this look like? And the first thing I tell you is this. Define what you're looking for. Like what kind of spiritual father are you looking for? Like for some of you guys, you grew up in a home that you're, you would look nothing like God. It was like a train wreck. And you've never seen a family look like God wants it to look like. You've never seen how a mom and dad treat each other, how they raise your kids. You haven't really experienced that. So I would encourage you to find somebody that's been married for a long time, has kids, and to ask questions. To sit down with them and say, hey, what would it look like for me to do that? What was your biggest regret? What, the what, what made your family work? Like, what made it work? This would be so important for so many of you guys here today. Maybe you're a brand new Christian. You're like, you know, I, I don't know this book, Malachi or Psalm, and I'm looking for a job, and are the epistles married to the apostles? Like, you have no idea, like, anything about the Bible. Like, you're like, man, I'm just trying to figure it out. And you start reading Genesis, and you make, like, Genesis chapter 5, and you're like, man, this is getting crazy. You know, you don't know what's going on. But I encourage you, man, find a mature Christian. Find somebody who is following God and just ask him. Just say, hey, man, I've got some questions in the Bible. Can I take 30 minutes of your life and just ask you, can I take your lunch, your coffee? And all of a sudden, they're going to start pouring into your life. Just find somebody that is doing that. Maybe you, you want to be generous with your money. Maybe you, you realize that, man, it's not all about money, but I'm really struggling with it. Like, how do I manage my stuff well? Find somebody who's managing their stuff well. Find somebody. Find somebody that's like, man, they, they're, they're working on it. Man, they got, their, they got their stuff paid off. How is that possible? <laughs> right? Like, how did that happen? I know it wasn't an accident. You didn't wake up and just magic was paid off. Like, how did you do this? Like, what, what, was it, what was the characteristics? Like, find somebody that's doing it. You know, if you're going to write a book, find somebody who's writing a book, right? There's some people in this room that have written books. Like, I've done that. And it's like, man, like, I don't know anything about it. Like, go talk to somebody who's doing it. And I would encourage you, just ask. Ask for 30 minutes of somebody's life. Don't ask them to be your spiritual dad or spiritual mom, okay? It gets real awkward. Like, hey, will you be my dad? What? But ask him to help you. Come with a question. Say, hey, look, can I take 30 minutes over coffee? Take 30 minutes over coffee. Everybody's got 30 minutes. They're going to find 30 minutes. And say, hey, can, can I ask you a few things? And depending on how well that goes, you might hang out with them again, right? So come ready. So I'm going to give you some practical steps when you get into the moment of, like, finding somebody in your life to pour into you. What do you do? Like, if you want to be a good Timothy, like, how to be a good Timothy? And so here's a few things. If you, if you, look, if you look at this, there's a, one, three things. First of all, this. Ask questions. Ask questions. When you're asking questions, you need to listen and take notes. Because when you meet with somebody, they're, they're thinking, like, is, is this, are you getting anything? So ask questions. Like, bring a pencil, you know? So when I meet with, like, my overseers and meet some of my spiritual fathers, I type out, like, Lily, I'm like that dude. You're not going to like me, but I'm that dude. I type out my questions on paper, and I leave these big gaps for answers, right? And I just start writing. Like, everything they say, I just write it down. Because I'm telling you, they're saying things that, like, blow your mind. Like, you, don't, you can't assimilate fast enough the things they're telling you. Like they're going to say things that challenge your worldview, and you're like, that doesn't make any sense. Just write it down. And then as you think about it and pray about it later, God's going to show you, and pretty soon you're going to realize, like, everybody's saying the same thing. <laughs> like, it is dumb on me. Like, I go back to my notes all the time from meetings and different overseers and different things I met with, and I'm like, dude, we're doing the right thing because everybody's saying it. Like, it's coming together for me. And just listen, listen, listen. And so many times you, you meet with people, like, people come to me and say, hey, I need some help, and they'll just talk, like, for an hour, and you're like, but what do you need help with again? Like, I kind of missed it. Like, you got to listen. Like, what, what do you want to get out of this? Well, how can I help you? And so when you meet with, the, meet with somebody, you get a mentor, like, just ask the question, and then be quiet. Just be awkward like that, you know what I'm saying? Just can get a little awkward. But do that. It's so important to be quiet. I know it sounds weird, but when you're talking to somebody, I know it's hard for people to stop talking. 
But just listen. And when they speak, man, I'm telling you, there's going to be some truth in that. And just write it down. Listen to them. Write everything down. You assimilate it. You think of the jailer in the Bible. This is a guy that basically locked up Paul and Silas and God broke him out of jail. And then all of a sudden the jailer does this. It said the jailer called for the lights. He rushed in and fell down, trembled before Paul and Silas, and then brought, brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Like, I've got a question I need to ask you. There's something going on here that's bigger than me. When you find a mentor like that, you need to ask some questions. Like, what's so different in your life? Like, what's so powerful? Like, what did you do to get here? Like, what's, what's, what's something that you did right? Like, what's something you regret? Ask some questions. Come with questions. And the people want to pour into your life. They want to help you where you need help at. They want to pour into the areas that you're looking for help. So ask good questions. Like, what's the biggest regret? What advice would you give to somebody my age? If you go back in time and you were me, what would you do differently? What would you do? What do you see in me that I don't see in myself? Like, maybe there's some good things in my life that you can say, like, hey, what, what are you proud of in my life? But what are some areas I can work on? Like, I really want to know, how can I become a better person? How can I become a better leader? How can I become a better husband? Like, those are important questions to ask. Most of the time, we don't even think about asking those questions. But it's so important to ask the questions, listen, and take notes. Second thing is, put into practice what you see. Man, watch what they're doing and do it. Isn't that crazy? Like, follow me as I follow Christ. You know, it says in Philippians 4, 9, it says, whatever you've learned and received or heard of me and seen in me, put into practice. Do them. You know, in the ARC world, we say this, imitation is better than innovation 99% of the time. What that basically means is just follow what I'm doing. Like, put into practice what you see. How many times, how many guys play sports or on a team? Anybody play sports on a team, right? How many times you go to the coach and tell him, no, that's not right. Coach, you got it wrong. This is how we play. You're on the bench, bro. Like, you're off the team. You know, and so many times in life, we're not willing to listen to answers about our family or about how to lead or our struggles with our kids. Like, we're not even wanting to listen. Like, we just want people to hear our problems. We don't want to, like, take advice. I'm going to tell you, take some advice. Like, get out there and listen to people. Like, just listen, put into practice what they're saying. Imitate, imitate, imitate. There's a guy in, our, in my life named Dan Sullivan. He's one of, my, one of my mentors and my spiritual fathers. And, I, I mean, he's almost like a spiritual grandfather, you know. And th- this guy, he is, he is pastored and led, like, literally personally developed over 250 different church planters. The dude's a sage. I mean, I call him like the splinter of the modern church. You know what I'm saying? Like the dude knows what he's doing. Like when he talks to you, your mind is blown. Like you didn't understand what he's saying. You're like, man, I grew up in church my whole life and and you're challenging everything that I've ever heard and thought of, not theologically, but practically, like pushing me forward. And so he's trained all these people. And I asked him, I said, man, you're so good at training. Like how do you coach and develop people? Like, what is it? Like, how, how do you do that? Like, how do you spend your time, like, as a leader, as a pastor of a church of 5,000 right now? How do you do that? He goes, you got to understand the 1, 3, 12, 80 principle. Pencil. <laughs> you know? Like, I don't know what you're even talking about right now. 1, 3, 12. Okay, what was this going? He says, hey, man, Jesus spent private time with one. Okay? He had personal time with three. He had a, lot, a small group with 12. And he had a public group of 80. It's kind of like you do as a pastor. He goes, but where did Jesus spend all of his time? majority of it with the three you guys spend with the three i'm like okay that's interesting i never thought about that. i never figured that out and they made this comment he said listen the thing is if you meet with people one-on-one to disciple them all you're doing is creating a disciple but when you spend time with pouring into your timothy that pours into somebody else now you have three now you're making the disciple that makes disciples mind blown if you write that down, you'll get that later if you didn't get that right now. But just write that down. That's a joke. Okay, you can do that. But this is like, if you look at our developmental process at our church, like, that's him. 
Like his ideas are in this, and his fingerprints are all over everything we do because I listen and take his advice. So I want to say, thank you, Dan Sutherland. You're a stud. If you're watching this, you're absolutely amazing. This guy is a hero of the faith. He's done so much in the kingdom. It's for him to invest in us. I mean, the dude doesn't need to spend time with me, but he chooses to spend time with me because he believes in me, amen? He believes in this church. He wants us to succeed. So I want to honor you. Thank you, Dan, for what you do. We love you. It's so encouraging for everything that you've done for us. Man, give a big hand. It's encouraging. It's so important. And so another point I was going to give you is, is show honor. I mean, just show honor. Like, no, nobody came here. We were brought. Like, somebody got us here. Like, these leaders in front of us, our spiritual fathers, the people put the foundation down, people in front of us, we honor those people. Because the most valuable thing that somebody gives you isn't their money, it's their time. It's their time. When somebody spends time with you, they're giving something you can never get back. And so when, you, when you're with somebody, man, honor that time. Show up on time. Listen. Pay attention. Do what they're calling you to do. Follow them. It says in Romans 12, 10, it says, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Man, that means just show up on time. Be prepared. Man, I love it when people come to a meeting with notes. If you know my team at all, that's something I love. I'm like, you're ready to learn. We're going to go somewhere today. Hey, serve them. When you're meeting with somebody, it's your, it's your spiritual father or somebody's mentoring your life, man, serve them. If they want to meet at 4 a.m. at some whatever place, maybe their place, get there at 4 a.m., if they're up in Liberty, drive to Liberty. That's what you get. If their car needs to be washed, wash their car. I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. Wash their car. Somebody's washing their skin. But do something for them, right? Serve them. When they ask you to, hey, can you help out at this church I'm building up a church of four corners? You need a kid's stage built? You know what you say? Yes. When they say, hey, man, can you help do a kid's check-in? Like, absolutely. Because we believe in them. We honor them. We thank them. These guys have invested in me. These invested in this church. They've given us so much. And when they ask for something, you know what you say? Yes. We honor you. We thank you. We're going to do what you ask us to do. So I want you to hit the pause button for a second because some of you guys are like glossy-eyed right now because it's so hot in here like a steam bucket. You're like, dude, I'm getting fried like a clam or something going on. So I just want you to think about this for a minute. So many times in our life that we think, hey, I'll, I'll be better at something. So like who wants to be a better mom or a better business person or a better leader or a better basketball coach or a better programmer or a better teacher? Like we all want to be better at this. And so if you, if you feel like, hey, look, if the best person in my field of interest showed up and wanted to pour into me, I would take that. Anybody like that today would say, I'd take it. The number one person in that area I'd pour into me that I would take that. Somebody would say, I want to be a Paul in your life. I would pour into you. Nobody wants a Paul in their life on that? Like maybe, maybe some hands. You get, this, this is your chance to use your hand to blow your face off right now. All right? <laughs> so you can do that. All right? But then some of us would say, hey, who, who doesn't feel qualified to be a Paul? Like who would say, man, I'm not ready to pour into somebody else. Anything like that today would say, I'm not ready to. It's amazing. So many times, like, people feel like, I can't do it. Like, I'm not qualified to be a leader. I'm not qualified to be a Paul in your life. It's always so interesting how, like, insecurity drives us to say, I can't do this. Like, I can't pour into somebody else. It's just not in it, the cards for me. So I want you to play along with me just for a second. How many of you guys have been hurt by somebody? Maybe hurt in the past by, maybe in a business. Maybe a business partner. Maybe a part of what you're, something you're doing. Maybe you failed at, maybe you failed at something before. I feel something, I feel a lot of things. My hands up all the time on this. Anybody had a setback? Anybody been through a hard time? Anybody had their marriage issues? Anybody had an addiction? Anybody had, we all have these things, right? I'm gonna tell you something, you're qualified, amen? You're qualified. You have something that everybody else has. You're absolutely qualified to do the thing that God has called you to do. I hope you feel qualified there because you know what, when I launched this church, I didn't feel qualified to launch this church. There's so many people in my life at the time that said, you're too young. You can't make it. It's hard. To, it's, it's impossible. It's not going to work out. But then there's something else that happened. I realized that in the valley of the hard things in my life, like the valley of failure, the valley of pain, you can learn a lot of lessons. 
And God forged in me a calling. He forged in me something I couldn't have done on my own. He forged me the passion to lead the church. And the hard things, God is speaking to you. He's preparing you in the valley, preparing you in the process for something you can do to climb the mountaintop. God wants something for your life. You gotta be willing to do it. I believe there's somebody today here that has battled cancer and survived. And you have something you can speak into somebody else's life, a word of encouragement to somebody else that's in the same battle today. There's somebody here that's broken in addiction. You've been through some process with alcohol, maybe pornography. Maybe there's something in your life you had addiction into. And you can encourage somebody today who is in that struggle. Some of you guys have been in a marriage relationship and committed adultery. You've, you've gone too far. You've confessed that sin. And your marriage is better today than it has ever been. You can speak into somebody's life today. Because I know you can speak in somebody's life today. There's people that need your help. Maybe you guys have raised kids. And you've had one of them kind of do that wander thing and kind of kept you on your knees for the last five or 10 years, you can offer something to this younger generation, amen? You can speak some words of encouragement to those who are in the struggle. So don't dare insult God, but I think you're not qualified to speak into the next generation, amen? You are qualified because God qualified you and you have a struggle, share it. Lead the way for the next generation. I'll encourage you not only to have a Paul, but also to have a Timothy. Have a Timothy, you gotta be a Paul, you gotta be a mom. What are some things, what makes you a good Paul? Like what makes you be a great spiritual leader for somebody else? It's nothing crazy. First thing is this, just be an example in the way you live. It says in Titus 2, 7, it says, in everything set an example by what, by what is good. Just set the example high. Just follow God, put him first. We had a conversation right before I walked in here. This guy, new to church, man, just put God first. I'm like, oh man, preach that message, you know? Put God first, be the example. There's a guy in my life, he's one of my mentors, his name is Lance Harrington. And I'll tell you what, every time I meet with Lance, he, you know, he does all this stuff, okay? He does more than I want to describe. But he deals a lot of stress, does a lot of cool stuff. He leads a big ministry, does all these things. But I'll tell you what, the first thing he always asks me is, how's your family? How's your wife doing? How's the baby? How's, how's, how's the new baby? Man, how are you? How are you? How are you? I mean, you know what? He's so concerned about other people. He doesn't complain ever. He's so strong. He's such a God. Every, I promise you, every time I leave a meeting with him, I think, I need to be more like him. Like, I need to be more like that guy. Like, I want to run my race so well at the end of my race, I want to be just like that. I want to be faithful to the end. Man, that's so encouraging when you see that. And I said, man, I'm going to make my goal. I want to, I want to, I want to have a, a, a year of a pastor. I'm going to have a lifetime as a leader, amen? Like, I want to go for the long haul. I'm going to go for the, the long shot. I'm going I'm to keep going and going. That's my, that's my goal. So I've got to be committed. I say, hey, you know, I'm committed to my wife, Diane. This is the only one I love my entire life. This is how it's going to be. I'm going to commit to my financial integrity. Like, I'm going to run my fans as well. I know it gets, gets all dicey in different places, but I'm going to do it the way God wants to do it. I'm going to lead the church. I'm going to lead the church well. Wherever I go, I'm going to lead the church. Wherever God calls me, I'm going to be a passionate pursuer of Jesus. I mean, somebody's going to have to tap me out. I can be like 85 years old, like, you've done enough. <laughs> no! <laughs> you know? Like, don't take me out. Somebody's going to have to say that one day. One, one of these days, there's going to be a, a team of people in this church, and they're going to say, man, you've raised the next generation well, man. And it's time for you to kind of head this way. You've done, you've done your laps, bro. You've pushed the push-ups, man. You've hit the mark. I hope that's, I hope that's the call, right? I man, I think it'd be one of the greatest honors of my life for somebody to come to me one day and say, man, I, I just wanted to be a little bit like you and you follow God. I think it's just such a great honor to have people say, man, I just wanna, I just wanna follow like you. I'm gonna follow your footsteps of how you follow and pursue Jesus. I want you to, I wanna make it to the end. I wanna set an example of what it is to be a godly leader. I wanna show the next generation a better way. So the first thing is just be an example the way you live. Second thing is real simple. If you want to be a, a good Paul, a good spiritual leader, just tell stories. People love stories, you know? I mean, if, you're, if you've ever like met with somebody and they're struggling with something, you probably have five awesome stories you could share with them, you know? 
And usually like a failure story, like, yeah, I've been there, yeah, one time this happened, and you know, you're telling stories, like I get to meet with Joe over youth ministry, and I've got tons of youth ministry stories and all sorts of stuff, but you get to tell the next generation your stories. And it says in Psalms 145, it says, one generation will commend your works to another. I mean, they're gonna boast about your stories. They'll tell of your mighty acts. They'll tell of your power, of your awesome works and proclaim of your great deeds. Man, we're gonna tell the story of God. Man, God did this and God did this and man, be faithful to him. It's so encouraging to me as a, as a young church. We're a year old. I've got other churches in front of us and they're saying, hey, look, man, you're in the right space. Everything is going well. Because so many times you just get so focused on so many things that aren't going well, right? But God has something that's going awesome. There's nothing wrong in the church. It's just that sometimes our perspective gets wrong. And for you guys in your own family, your own walk, and your own career, man, it's so important to have someone in your life saying, hey, man, you're on track. And so this is what we're asking you to do. Be a mentor to somebody today. Just tell stories of your life. You can tell them, hey, when I, had a, I had the same problem. When I was going through it, this happened. When my, my kids at XYZ, guess what? This is how I handled it in my life. You know, one time that happened to me. One time my truck got stolen. Guess what? They found it. It worked out. Like you can tell stories to people. So be an example of the way you live. Tell stories. The last thing I think is just so important. It's just so genuine. Is we have to be real with people. We have to share our life. It says in 1 Thessalonians 2.8, it says, we loved you so much that we were delighted to share not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. And to ever love somebody deep enough to say, I'm not just gonna invite you into my home, but I'm actually gonna say this is your home. Like I, I loved you more than just giving you a, a thing. I loved you because you're my son. I'm gonna bring you into my life. Maybe we have to invite others into our life. This isn't a PowerPoint presentation or some dry erase moment, right? We just invite them onto our own struggle, onto our own journey with God and become intimate. And I believe this, nothing grows that intimacy. There's not a relationship. There's not a thing in your life that's gonna get better without somebody speaking life into it. You have to have intimacy. We have to do life together, man. We bring people on our trips when we travel with staff, like, hey, come with me. I show up to coffee with guys and it's like, hey, bring somebody with you to coffee. I invite people to my meetings because I wanna spend time with them. I wanna help them see a better way. I believe you can do this, amen. Can you guys spend some time with people, become a Paul for somebody? I know you can do it. You know, I think of uh, Church of Four Corners for us. You guys maybe were there. We were shadowing churches and learning how their system worked and said, hey, can we look at all your, all your cases and how you do your setup? Because it was in a school like this and it was very similar to us and they're like four years old. And so teach us, teach us your ways on this, right? We're here for a, pro a process and a piece of paper and understanding. And when we showed up there, we didn't get just how to run our system. Like they took us in. If you know Church of Four Corners, they're like, hey, look, you can, you can look at the stuff, just take what you want, just not the staff, you know? Like, just don't take our people, but you can take the stuff. Like, cool, man. And all of a sudden, they're investing in us. And it wasn't just, oh yeah, I learned how to do cases. It was like, let me show you how to do ministry. Let me show you how to protect your heart. Let me show you how to go. This is what you should do to grow. Hey, let me pray for you. Hey, we're gonna invest in you. You know what, we're gonna sign for that. We're gonna give you money. We're gonna invite you over to preach. We're gonna do this and this. And we invite them out and say, hey, look, I want you to be on our team. So their pastor's on our team. He's an overseer for us because they were open-handed and say, we want to be a Paul to a church. I can't wait for the one day when we get to do that for another church, amen? When somebody shows up and says, hey, we want to launch well, how do you guys do it? Hey, just don't look at our cases. Hey, we're going to invite you in as a son. Like, we're going to take you farther than you think. We're going to help you get farther and faster down the road and reach more people for Christ than we can reach, we can reach because we believe in you. In this next year, I want to invest into the next generation well. I want to invest into the emerging leaders of our church. So I start a life group. 
I simply just said, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna start a life group. I'm gonna pull out some people I see that are just saying I'm pursuing God and they have potential as a leader and say, I'm gonna start pouring into you and believing in you and encouraging you. It doesn't anything for our church. Help you out in your finances, help you with your personal life and encourage you to get to the next level because we believe in people. Man, I'm looking forward to the coming years when our leaders are taking in the next generation, amen? When our people are stepping up saying, I wanna be a Paul. When that first church comes knocking on our door going, we have no idea what we're doing like we were doing. And how are you going to do this church thing? And we're going to teach them how to do it. And we're going to love on them. And we can become a spiritual father, not just to a person, but to a church. So this is what I'm talking about as a Timothy moves into a Paul relationship. When I was 14 years old, I came to Christ. And there was a man in my life named Mitch Black. He was a youth counselor at the time. And that man invested in me. That man gave stuff to me. He didn't, I never asked for anything. But that man was so generous in my life. I didn't understand how he kept doing it. He was a spiritual leader to me. And I was 31 years old. There was a man named Barry Hardy that believed in me. There's a man that believed in me that I could launch this church. There's a family in this church, the Germains, that believed in me. Matter of fact, they didn't ask them to believe in me, but they believed in me. They said, look, we're going to help you. We believe in you. You can do this. As we launched this church, we began to pick up people like Dan Sutherland who believed in me and Lance Harrington's that believed in me and the Craig Cackley's that believed in me. I'm telling you, it's so important to have people believe in your life. Amen. This is what needs to happen. We transition the torch onto the next level of leader. And for me, to have these men in my life, to have these people in my life that believe in me, how selfish would it be not to pass it on to the next generation, amen? I mean, how selfish would I be not to instill what they've taught me into somebody else? And that's the call we have as a Christian to raise up the Timothy behind us so we can invest in the next generation, that the gospel is not gonna stop with us. I don't know what the Satan told me, but I am qualified to lead. I'm qualified to share what God's put in my life. And today, I'm gonna tell you, I believe in you. Amen. We can be a Paul and be a Timothy this morning. Father, we come before you. This is the end of this podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss another inspirational podcast. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com.